Harrison, Donna Rowe, and family. Happy birthday, Stony Brook. This, my name is Kathy Murray. My parents were Freddie and Shirley Baker. They were charter members of Stony Brook. And he was also the first scout, ma scout master. And he also was a s superintendent of Sunday school. My mom taught Sunday school groups. There was an old trolley car, and that was later used for scouting. Just so many wonderful memories and potlucks, and I'm just so thankful, and our parents will be thankful that we're still the Lord's hands and feet. And just thank you, Stony Brook, for keeping that small unit going and for all your love. Happy birthday. Hi, I'm Becky Kidwell. My family were charter members in uh, at Stony Brook. My dad, my mom, and my sister were members, and I wasn't old enough to be a member. I was only eight. Very proud of my father suggested the name Stony Brook, and it was voted on, and thus Stony Brook Methodist Church. Also, I have worked for 47 years at Stony Brook um, with the Early Learning Center. So I've had a lot of good experiences in the past 60 years. So happy anniversary, Stony Brook. Hi, I'm Reverend Gary Boucher. And I'm Barbara Boucher. My delightful wife. It was a wonderful place to begin ministry in, at Stony Brook and a, a joy to be the first full-time pastor following Marvin Bean, who, along with the charter members, established the church on such a firm and solid foundation. We're very happy to have been a part of Gehanna and uh, to know so many wonderful people to start our ministry. And we join in wishing each of you a happy, happy anniversary. Hello, Stony Brook. This is Todd and Linda Frail. We came to Stony Brook in March of 1983. I would become your fourth senior pastor. Our kids, Gabe, Seth, and Megan, were eight, five and a half, and three and a half. Stony Brook was a wonderful place for them to grow up. A fantastic youth group, amazing choir, and vital outreach ministry to others. Happy, Happy anniversary. anniversary. We love you. Juanita and I are enjoying retirement. I'm 80, she's 78, and we love you both and all. We love you all. God bless and bless your anniversary in Jesus' name. God bless Stony Brook Church and their new pastor coming in and all the pastors that have served there. Hi, this is Pastor Lou. Happy birthday, Stony Brook Church. Happy 60 years and what a delight to be celebrating it on Pentecost Sunday, the birth of our, of our Lord's Church. What a blessing you have been over these 60 years. And may God continue to bless you for 60 times 60 more. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit continue to burn fiercely within you. I thank God for you. God's blessings. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Jeff Shellhammer. And our extra special guest today is... Eldora Heyman. And we just want to say, Happy Birthday, Stony Brook. Hi, I'm Beth Barter. And I'm Bill. We've been at Stony Brook for over 30 years. And it's been great. We love you, Stony Brook. Happy Birthday. Hi, everybody. Nancy and Steve Mangini here. We're here to say, 
Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Stony Brook, Brook Church. Church. Happy 60th birthday, Stony Brook. Happy birthday, Stony Brook from the Hathaways. Hi, Stony Brook. Jim and Sandy Jones here. Thank you, Stony Brook, and those who had the vision for this church, especially on this beautiful location between two creeks. We love you, Stony Brookers. To God be the glory. Happy, Happy 60th, 60th anniversary. anniversary. Good morning, Stony Brook. We are the Thursday morning men's Bible study. I'm Dan Shoup. I'm Tom Keener. I'm Phil Leckler. Ron Deacon. Bill Barter. Happy, Happy birthday, Stony Brook. Happy birthday, Stony Brook. From the Edwards family. Happy birthday, Stony Brook. 60 years? Man, that's old. Here's to many more. From the Dottenmeyers. Hello, Stony Brook. Happy birthday. 60 years. And I get to give thanks for the nine months that I get to share with you. As we come to a point where I move to a new situation and you welcome a new senior pastor, please know that I'm the one that got the gift of being with Stony Brook in a way where I learned amazing things. Make it another good 60 and happy birthday. Happy birthday, Stony Brook. To God be the glory for the past 60 years and all of the ways that Stony Brook has been a blessing to this community that we call Gahanna. You've been a blessing and you continue to be a blessing. Thank you for the ways that you serve God through Stony Brook Church. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor Mary Jo Yakel, along with Pastor Bob Thomas, our Pastor Emeritus. If you are someone who enjoys the 8 a.m. worship service, know that next week, uh, Memorial Sunday, weekend Sunday, we will begin worshiping in that service outside. So we have that to look forward as we celebrate God out in nature. At this time, I invite you to turn your hearts to our prelude, which will be led by our bell choir as they help to prepare our hearts for worship.
we turn our attention to a brief video that you will get to watch about the history of Stony Brook, I invite you to be in prayer as you are watching it. Be in prayer of uh, gratitude and thanksgiving for all of the ways that God has moved through Stony Brook over the past 60 years. I'd also encourage you when you uh, go home later today to go to stonybrook.church to watch the full video of the history of Stony Brook. I invite you to rise either in body or spirit as you are able, as the choir leads our voices and we sing in our hearts.
our hearts to God in a time of prayer. We inhale your spirit, O God, as we exhale all that prevents us from fully connecting with you. Things like anxiety, worry, anger, resentment. You are wind and fire, breath and flame. Your spirit blows strongly, reminding us of your presence, your power. You lead us, your church, in the ways to bring about your kingdom on earth. Thank you, O God, for this privilege. Thank you for the ways your spirit has moved among those who founded Stony Brook. Thank you for the vision you planted in their hearts and the ways that it has blessed each of us as we continue the work of loving you and loving our neighbors. This love that we have for others, for our neighbors, causes us to have concern for those who hurt, the lonely, the disenfranchised, the sick, the poor. And God, we hold our loved ones tight in our hearts. We pray for those who are grieving. Wrap your arms of peace and comfort around them. We pray for the world as we come out of this pandemic. Help us remember that just because we may be seeing signs of hope, the pandemic still rages in other parts of the world. Give the caregivers strength and allow your mercy and healing to fall upon those who suffer. We inhale your spirit, O God, as we exhale all that prevents us from connecting with you. May our ears be open to your voice. May we be invited. May, be, may we respond to all the ways you call us to be your hands and feet. All of this is prayed in the name of Christ Jesus, and we now join our voices together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
And the people said, Amen. I confess to you, I love Christmas. Easter is the reason we gather, but I love the party of Pentecost. And I'm so pleased that we get to gather today, that we get to come together today in such a way that we remember that the gifts we are given are for the healing of the world, to knit together the wounds, the breaks, the separations in such a way that the kingdom of God is experienced. Reading these words in preparation just can bring tears to your eyes, for they are filled with God's promise and hope and absolute clear vision of how we are to be alive. So as you receive these words, may your heart welcome them anew and afresh, that they might encourage you for all the tomorrows that God gives you. From the Acts of the Apostles in the second chapter, hear these words. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues of divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each one of them all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other languages as the spirit gave them ability now there were devout jews from every nation under heaven living in jerusalem and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they ask, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, 
God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams even upon my slaves both men and women in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this thy servant, speak to these your beloved ones who shall take your word to the world in all the days you give them. In Jesus' name, amen. Powerful, powerful words. Brings tears to your eyes if you really listen. Words of ability and God's deeds of power and the effect of new wine and old ones and young ones and darkness. What a conglomeration of images and encouragement. I, I, came, from, um, I came to the awareness that I, I found myself thinking upon a man who was a part of my life quite a few years ago. He, he was a generous sort. As soon as any new United Methodist pastor joined the area, he was knocking on the door saying, let me take you to dinner, let me take you to lunch, let me take you for a drive around your neighborhood, because I know your neighborhood. And it was just an amazing gift of generosity. You soon met his wife and his daughter and had dinner at their house. Just generous. And it was obvious he was affluent. Sorry. Nice house, nice car. I will never own one of those cars. Out of my price range. Thank you very much. Generous. Breaking bread at his house was a part of what became kind of common. And one day he and his wife were really in a deep mood. And they talked about their relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, there's nothing like talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ with somebody else, you know? And they were in that zone and talking about it, and finally he began to reveal that he had been born and raised into an incredibly poor family. There were days that there was not enough food. There were days where they did not know if they were going to be safe in the house that they were currently in. There was pain in his history. Yes, there was faith in his history, and the fruit of those seeds that were gifted to him in his young age were so evident in the living of his days. But for the first time, I saw where he came from, and I was amazed. And then he said this phrase, 
ever since I've been an adult and have been able to accomplish tasks and have a better and growing paycheck, I decided my mission in life was to outgive God. I said, you got to tell me more. I don't know what you mean. It's not a common phrase, yeah? You see, he became so aware that within his discipline of living, he found that God was generous. He is also one of the few people I know who studied what it was to have an average income that the world lived by, not his community only, but by the world. And he said, that's what we live on in this household. Everything else has been set aside for the mission of Christ's church in the world. And he literally meant it. My job and my ability is to outgive God. He giggled and said, I haven't done it yet. Our deeds of power, the work we claim in our lives, is our expression of how we are aware that our ability far exceeds our inability. The whole idea of accessibility, the whole idea of working for God, all wound up into all of this. One of the hardest realities of affluence is that we are, we are knocked off-center more by inconvenience than by actually God saying no. We can see it in the scripture. People are around the disciples and all of a sudden they're hearing their own language spoken by a bunch of Galileans, which by the way, was not a compliment. A Galilean usually was relatively uneducated and somebody that you could dismiss as being mm, not so smart. But not only do we have that implied by the way that they say, you know, they're from Galilee, they also imply it by saying they're drunk. Folk, I have one thing I want you to really hear. Be careful who you dismiss out of your life as to not having wisdom for you. Peter stands up and says, be careful who you dismiss. We're not drunk. We're filled with the Spirit, and we have much to share as you share with us. It's also in Joel. You got to dig a little deeper for the Joel passage because you have to know some implications of language where the writer of Joel says, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He has intentionally reversed it. Because according to common knowledge in those days, young men have dreams, and old men have visions. And he turns them upside down, which is so typical of the God that we offer our lives to. 
just when we think we've got it figured out, it goes upside down. Joel goes on to help us just a little bit more with the day. You see, there are some fierce and terrible things that are afoot. All you have to do is turn on your television and you will see what I see as the terrible, awful things that are happening. And in the end of the scripture, in the passage of Joel, there is darkness, there are moon turning to blood, there is fire, there's misty smoke, there is great depletion, there is terrible things, and yet in the midst of this, there is God's saving act. Would you hold up a little picture in your mind? Have you ever seen on TV the moment where the camera and the microphone catch a vulnerable person saying and speaking things they never should have been saying or speaking, much less thinking? It's called a hot mic and an accidental blurt. You see, if you remember that the words that you say and the deeds of your hands are always witnessed by the one who is eternal, you'll never have to worry about a hot mic or getting caught on camera because every day that you live will be a gift that you give for the healing of this world, not ripped apart, not devastated, not denied or negated, but welcomed and claimed. This is the Pentecost spirit. This is our day. And for the joy of light and dark, for the joy of promise and hope, we shall look for Jesus today and in all the days God gives us. Amen.
When we gather as the people of God, we receive more than we can possibly imagine, and our desires are to return a portion. Over the years, there has been an adventure where a place has been built on the outside. And so today, we bless and give thanks for the shelter house. Good morning, Stony Brook. What a wonderful day to worship the Lord and celebrate together. You know, folks, doors are very special. And I'm at the back door of Stony Brook. Well, it's not the back door. For children, it's the door to ELC. Doors allow us to become a part of each other's lives. When you are outside at Stony Brook, you quickly learn about the outdoor chapel that's right over there. The very first service I did was at the outdoor chapel at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. That was a new experience. Now, when you get ready to do the blessing for yourself, you're gonna wanna find some stones that look like this. And I'll be carrying these with me up to the shelter house. You'll see what's gonna happen on there. There are some outside doors that we've been acknowledging and I wanted you to see what is called a prayer labyrinth. I also want to acknowledge that part of the beauty of Stony Brook is a group of folk called the Scouts. And I want to give thanks for Christian Hathaway and Matt Barter for the way in which their efforts with their Eagle Scout Awards has gifted us this beautiful prayer labyrinth. It's a walkway where you enter and allow the gentleness of God to speak to your soul as you make your way through the labyrinth. We are grateful for how this picturesque spot is a place of contemplation and care. We're now at the shelter house, up the little hill from the prayer labyrinth. And we are here to set it aside as a holy and beautiful place. Bill, as lay leader, would you guide us? We present this shelter house to be dedicated this day to the glory of Almighty God and for service to all God's people. We also give thanks for how the people of Stony Brook have come together to make this possible. Let us pray. O eternal God, mighty in power and of incomprehensible majesty, whom the heavens cannot contain, much less shelters made with hands. You have promised your special presence whenever two or three are assembled in your name. And so we offer our praise and prayer on this day of gratitude. By the power of your Holy Spirit, bless this shelter house as a place for sharing hospitality with all your people. May your bright joy shine forth for all who gather here, that the good news may be shared. And together we say amen. 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 There is a tradition of anointing tools of faith. And so I take this oil brought from Jerusalem and bless this holy place. Now, you've been wondering what we wanted you to do with the stones, right? 
Bill, you have some stones, and I have some stones, because it takes all of us working together to encourage the foundation of God. So when you get your stones and you make your pilgrimage up to the shelter house, leave them behind, remembering that it takes all of us working together. Amen? Amen. I would also give thanks for some very special people. Let me give thanks for the way in which the shelter house started a long time ago in the imaginations of folk, and it has taken several to make it happen. Beth Barter was chair of the trustees at the beginning of the creation of the shelter house. Greg Supasak was chair of the trustees upon its completion. But here's something I didn't know. Rick Hensley had the idea of this long before, and we're grateful that his dreams and his faithful work have allowed this to happen. We would also be remiss to forget that there are hands that show up to work every week to create a spirit of goodness. And so I give thanks for the work of Brian Freebus as head of maintenance and his buddy, John Robb, beside him, who have spent hours cleaning things out and making things beautiful, thus allowing Stony Brook to be visible to those who pass by. Lord, use this shelter house. Stony Brook, be proud. Amen. As it so often happens, when you start naming people, you forget people. Um, I was told by Greg that he is a co-chair of trustees, and Ray Starkloff is his cohort and uh, uh, co-chair with him, and I'm grateful for Ray's work. Friends, I must confess to you, I can't have a birthday party without cake, right? As you leave, you will find in beautiful, recyclable, individual containers, a cupcake and a candle for you. It is our vision that you would take them and light the candle, sing happy birthday to Stony Brook, and enjoy some sweetness. You'll also find at the doors baskets of the little stones. They are all unique, just as you are all unique. And as you make your pilgrimage and leave it behind, you are a blessing to God. Now, folk, remember me talking about inconvenience? Don't be inconvenienced by the yellow tape that's up at the shelter house. We want grass to grow. Good thing? So if you'll just take a second, you'll see that there is an entrance over to the left to the shelter house if you want to go inside. But go bless the shelter house and may it be the goodness it's intended to be to the world. This is our offering, and now this is the benediction. Lord, we are your people. We have heard your word. We pray that our lives, whether on mic or not, will live with words and deeds for the healing of the world. Amen? As the ushers greet you and help you out, may you take your conversations to the parking lot and know that God is good. Amen. <laughs>